0: Now we're getting to the bottom of everything.
1: It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call.
0: This world is no place for Catholic chickens.
2: Answering the call.
0: You call that a failure?
3: I call it a great success.
1: Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. It's another week and hence another new edition of Mother Angelica Answering the Call. Hi, I'm Doug Keck, co-hosting with our chaplain here at EWETN, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, as we listen to Mother's take on some questions from her Mm -hmm. classic TV shows of the 80s and the 90s. Always great to be with you, Father
2: and some interesting ones this time one that i've never heard of is someone although it's a problem for some people they've gotten involved with psychics or new age things and some mother has an answer for that one
1: absolutely first we've got where does the d- divine indwelling come from That's, that'll be number two then the church is a mother Uh, Finally, accept your limitations but have hope. Something for the end of the program. Mm -hmm. And up first, as you indicated, Father, overcoming spiritual attacks from Satan. So am I assuming that you have never had those?
2: Um, Not in this way in which this uh, lady is describing here. But some people think that it's just, you know, it's just playing around. But it's really a dangerous thing to mess around with psychics or palm readers or those sorts of things. Because the demonic is involved, and if there's any kind of power you know, that's happening, any th- kind of s- things like that, you're dabbling with the demonic, and that's a very dangerous thing to do.
1: I think one of the things that really comes out well in this particular call is that idea that not only is it bad to do it, but it's tough to get out of it, mm-hmm. and as you're trying to get out of it, he's not going to let you get out of it easily.
2: But Mother has such a great message of heart and hope here is that if we go to the Lord, and like she says, just laugh at uh, the evil one because it humiliates him, but the Lord is going to be our, our Savior. He is our Savior. And so these tried and true things, receiving the sacraments, praying the rosary every day. And I often say, you know, with the rosary, what are we doing? We are recalling again and again and again and proclaiming it, The incarnation, God becoming man, crushing the work of the evil one.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes part of our, and there's in this call is a little bit of a resentment to to God that uh, this person's being persecuted. But the idea is we we kind of think that, you know, it's like a magic, we incantation, we say our Lord's name and Mm -hmm. everything's going to be fine.
2: But it's perseverance and the grace of God. And that's so important for people who are suffering even possession or obsession is that you persevere in your spiritual practices because that's gonna weaken the, the enemy's hold. And as like Mother said, he's not gonna to want to watch you grow holy.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. And, and sometimes you have to go through these things and that, as you persevere, you become stronger in your faith. And let's see what Mother has to say about what it takes to try and overcome spiritual attacks from Satan. She would know.
0: We have a call, hello? Mother? Yeah, where are you from? I'm calling from Steubenville, Ohio. Oh, wonderful. And what is your question? Um, about four years ago, I had gone to Psychics. You were going where? To Psychics. Okay. Blue. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know then. Uh-huh. Um, and I was into the whole bit with crystals and everything. I, I didn't know that Satan was behind all this yeah. at the time. Ever since then, though, I've been getting attacked. Oh, yeah. And I'm. I can't find any relief and um, I'm used to the attacks now. I mean, I'd like it to stop, but what's really causing a problem now is that I'm beginning to be very resentful towards God. Mm. But that's the whole purpose of it, huh? See, the pur- the, 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 you have to realize the enemy was pretty sure you were in his camp and he'd lost you. And he has a set of uh, tools that he uses. Uh, on people, depending on where they are and their weaknesses, I think everybody has to know this, and he will work on them work, 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 and you 've got to keep cutting out, cutting him out, cutting him out, but most of all i, I don 't know if you 're Catholic, I think you are, um, but you need to go to confession, please go to one who understands the spiritual life. you get a liberal he 'll tell you to go to a movie or something oh. Uh, You need to, first of all, I'd say the rosary every day. I would go and find a Marian priest and ask him to help you, to counsel you, to help you through this and to pray over you. A small exorcism prayer. It doesn't mean at all that you're possessed or obsessed. You're out of that now, so you can forget that. But you do need help. Most of all go to confession every week and go to the sacraments every day if you can and never, never miss Sunday. And when that thought comes to your mind, check it gently. Don't be hard on yourself. Here's a little penance for you. Offer it up. Say, Jesus, I'm, I offer this up in reparation for my past mistake. Let me say a little prayer for you, okay? Lord Jesus, extend your hand, Lord, over this woman who has left uh, her other ways and realizes now they were wrong, but most of all, Lord, let her know how much you love her. And she used to put aside these thoughts and every time they occur, say, Jesus, I love you and I belong to you. Deliver her from this fear, Lord, scrupulosity. And replace it with great joy and love amen so please don't don't allow it don't be resentful see because then you'll close your heart to God again. we have no right to resent the Lord you got yourself into this see you got, and yet God got you out of it now the enemy is going to pester you Saint Teresa of Avila had a great solution to the enemy he says she said laugh at it. He's extremely proud. And sometimes when you get there the desperate, say, Oh Mary, conceive without sin, pray for me. He hates our lady. Hates her. You can tell that. The first thing they took out of the church was Our Lady. And after that came the Eucharist. Mary and Jesus go together. So I would be gentle with yourself, accept it as a penance. And enemy will leave you. You don't want to see you stick around and see you get holy.
1: And the program continues. Next up, where does the divine Mm -hmm. indwelling come from? Now, Father, I'm going to defer to you. (laughs) I'm I'm not even sure what the divine indwelling is.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, uh, this is something, it's a talk that I often actually give to pilgrims that they find very helpful. What is the distinction between God's omnipresence and his indwelling presence, right, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit by baptism, and the reality of the presence of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And Father Hardin wrestled with this question as a seminarian, and he says, it's in the Eucharist that Christ's sacred humanity is present. Yes, his body, his blood, his soul, and divinity, but his sacred humanity is present. And it was through his sacred humanity that he worked his miracles, that he delivered people from the evil one, that he said, Lazarus, come forth, that he took the little girl by the hand and he raised her up, that he took Peter's mother-in-law's hands and delivered her from sickness or delivered the uh, man from leprosy. And so his sacred humanity and divinity are present in a profound way in the Blessed Sacrament
1: which is why it's so important to to get to mass on a regular basis and to receive communion let's see what mother has to say where does the divine indwelling come from
0: we have a call hello hi mother hi where how are you
1: good i and just wanted to congratulate you on your uh, 20 years of service
0: <laughs> thank you 20 Nearly years 20
1: years yeah and my question is about uh holy communion yeah the church teaches uh, on the divine indwelling of christ mm-hmm And if he is living on the inside of every man, why is it required that we go and receive him over and over again on Sunday? It's like receiving something that we already have living on the inside of us.
0: Oh, no, my friend. No, 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 no. The uh, divine indwelling in you comes to you from baptism. His presence is there in baptism, in essence as His presence is everywhere, everywhere, or nothing would exist, nothing. But He is transcendent. He transcends everything He makes. And so His grace, St. Peter, if you read St. Peter's first uh, epistle, His grace, that grace that comes to you from communion is a participation. That's what grace means, the participation in the divine nature of God. That helps me to change my evil ways into godlike ways. But Holy Communion is. I do not become God when, I, when I, the fact that He lives in me to preserve me and to make me holy. But Holy Communion, Chapter 6 of St. John's Gospel is entirely different. It is the real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity. I go every day. I'd go 10 times a day if I could. You're talking about something so elevated. (laughs) There's a great difference. Because in that Eucharist is the divine nature, not a peace that's part of a grace. It is God Himself. That's why He said, I will not leave you orphans. That's what's so awesome about the Eucharist. And in our chapel, we have him exposed all day and all night and we've done it for 120 years. There's a grave difference, my friend. And I pray that God will give you that grace to see, to see that awesome, presence, real. He's there. Now communion, you see, a lot depends on your faith and and a lot depends on your belief. A lot depends on how you were 20 minutes before you receive communion, especially the new age where you don't have to go to confession. I can tell you, buddy, go. Go. Because you're very wrong and somebody has told you a grave error. There's a great difference. One is a real presence and one a sanctifying presence that makes you become more and more like Jesus. That's why we kneel. That's why I don't kneel. There will come a day. Well, you will kneel, and they will kneel in Heaven, on Earth, and in Hell. They will kneel at the presence of Jesus. That's how it's going to be.
1: There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica Answering the Call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio. And we appreciate you staying with us as you do every week for Mother Angelica Answering the Call, part two with Father Joseph Mary Wolf and myself, Doug Keck. Our topic this time, the caller, the church is a mother. How so, Father?
2: And Mother's bringing out the opposite of what this person experienced the church as, where there was a harshness that she had received from a Catholic priest. And I apologize for anyone who's ever suffered you know, because of a harsh treatment from a priest. Hopefully, we pray that that's not a common thing. Um, I've never experienced it myself, and I've known many different priests. So the church is a mother, and I was thinking of St. Leonard of Port Maurice, And he would give missions, and he would tell people, he would hear confessions. And he said a prayer. He said, Lord, if I'm too easy on penitence, that's something I learned from you. (laughs) So he would be gentle with them. He would be uh, kind to them. And that's what we must always be as priests.
1: I would say most people who are honest about these situations would say, uh, you know, their experiences with confession or these kinds of things that Mm -hmm. they're incredibly positive and very very supportive now you're going back even with this program and then 24 Mm -hmm. years before that you're probably talking about the sometime in the uh, Mm mid-60s so it's possible you might have somebody who had a kind of more black and white view of things especially the culture was different as well this particular person's situation
2: even the home life was more disciplined, right? And there was a, it was harsher in ways for a lot of home life. So that was, like you said, it was kind of the culture of the time. And hopefully, um, people aren't experiencing that very often today.
1: Right. And as Mother says, really, you know, we, we, we fall, we stumble, we keep mm-hmm. on going. But at the same time, she makes the point, it doesn't mean that w- what we were doing originally should be something we continue <laughs> to do either. So... Mm-hmm. This is how Mother explains it. Ultimately, the church is our mother.
4: We have another call. Hello? Hi, good evening, Mother. Hi, where are you from? I'm from Hayward, California. And what is your question? I have a question on abortion. I'm 41 years of age now. When I was 18, I went to our Catholic priest at our parish, and I told him that I was pregnant. The priest looked at me and told me, that the Catholic Church disowned me, that I was no good, that I was going to hell in a handbasket. And I was frightened. I didn't know what to do at the time. Three and a half weeks later, I got an abortion. After this priest told me I'm going to hell and that the Catholic Church disowned me, I know I left the church for over 10 and a half years and I've been back for 15 years.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
4: And I want to know, how do I approach this priest who's now a monsignor and tell him he was wrong, that I'm not going to hell, that God forgave me because I didn't know what I was doing?
0: I really have to apologize to you for that priest. He either had very little good theology, or perhaps she's a little Jensenistic. The Church loves her children no matter how they are, no matter how sinful they are. Holy Mother Church is a mother and she always has the remedy for you. And the remedy was confession. Let me tell you what he should have said. He should have said, Three Heart, I'm sorry, What you did was wrong. And you know that. Come to Confession now. Let's make this straight with God. Come back. Have this child. I'll help you all I can. And if you don't want it, I'll see that it's adopted. Keep it. That's what He should have said. I think our dear Lord was grieved over what He told you and I can see why you left the church. I would never have advised you to leave the church. My mother left the church because the professor was ignorant. She went to Confession after years after divorcing my father and was an Italian missionary. And He said to her, Did you not know that was a mortal sin? And she said, Yes, I did. And He told her that God was angry with her. That's what He told you. And He yelled and screamed at her like she was dirt under His feet. She never went to Mass again until I was healed. So I know what you suffer. And I'm sorry. But God has forgiven you. I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression that one act of disobedience you've had it. You know better than that. That was true of the angels. You and I have chance after chance after chance after chance because of our weakness, because of the consequences of original sin, because of the terrible temptations around us. You're okay. Pray for that priest. I hope as a Monsignor he does a little better. (laughs) But being a Monsignor doesn't change a hard heart and doesn't give knowledge or compassion. I would tell him so that if anyone else comes to him, he wouldn't do that terrible thing. Go ahead and the next time you go to communion, give Jesus my love. I'll do the same for you and be at peace.
1: And our final phone call that closes out this week's program has to do with accepting your limitations, but having hope,
2: Father. Mm -hmm. You know, our hope is not to be in ourselves. Peter, when he had his hope in himself, he said, well, Lord, I will never deny you. (laughs) But then when he learned that his strength was not sufficient, then he would say, when the Lord said, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know that I love you. And he was looking at the Lord. And that's what we need to do. Our hope is not in ourselves, Yes, we strive. We, we want to cooperate with God's grace. But our hope is in him, his salvation, his victory. He's the one that's going to lead us to heaven.
1: Now, Mother says, I'm not modern material. I'm not sure that's the case. <laughs> she talks about maybe I'll die in bed or something. The sister's mm-hmm. holding candles around me. You were there when it happened.
2: And we were all around her bed. And, uh, you know, she kind of had the cruciform, actually, because she had been bedridden for eight years, and she was kind of curled up, and we all thought the same thing. It looks like a crucifix, but then after she died, she relaxed, of course, and it was like this great peace, and even this light that you saw that you knew that she was home now.
1: Very good. Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Father. Accept your limitations, but have hope, says Mother.
2: We have
0: another call. Hello? Hello? Where are you from?
3: Well, I'm from wilkes Pennsylvania, sister, near the Pocono Mountains.
0: Oh! And And
3: sister, I know some, you and I would get along fine. The only thing, I'm a motor mouth. So I promise not to stay on too long, okay? (laughs) But I asked. I even made comments on this last thing they were saying. You think you're bionic? Well, I just had a total hip replacement. Can you top that? No. Well, then I had to land back in the hospital again. And I am a registered nurse and a teacher. I taught in grade school, and when my daddy died, I didn't think for a whole year that I could live without him. My kids were 13, 12, and 9. But I got out of it. That's why when they say that, that lady said to you about, you know, she's not over that little baby they lost. Well, naturally, she's not over it. It just happened. Look, it took me a whole year to think that I couldn't live without my dad, and yet I was raising my own children. But I got out of it, and everything in my life has been a blessing.
0: That's wonderful. But you see, that sometimes a lot of people lose uh, sight of that, that everything is a blessing. She really has hope, doesn't she, huh? And that's what we're trying to give all of you tonight, is hope. And, and it's, it's so important. You know, Padre Pio said that, that sufferings of any kind were precious. Well, St. James said that. You know, he said, count it as a happy privilege. Ooh. <laughs> you know, I learned something about myself. You know, we all I think we, we'd like to be a martyr. You ever think that, that? You'd like to be a martyr, you know, die for Jesus. You ever think of that? Huh? You ever dream of dying for Jesus? Huh? I used to do that up until yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, I blew it. I went to a, a, a skin doctor, you know, and I had a little, little bitty thing over here. It was um, kind of uh, white and scaly, and I keep brushing it off and brushing it off. And so I went to him, and uh, I said, What is that? He said, Oh, he said, That's a, it's a skin cancer. I said, That is? He said, Yeah. I said, Oh, didn't seem much to me, you know. He said to the nurse, Get me the nitrogen. I didn't know what nitrogen I know what nitrogen is, but I know what he's gonna do with it, you know. So he comes in with this tank. I said, God, you're gonna blow me out of this room.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I, I I looked, I said, what's he gonna do? He held my hand tight. And I thought, well you don't have to hold that tight, I'm not chicken. Well I was. He put that thing on here to, to freeze it. I tell you, I never had such pain. Bad pain went all through here and my... Uh, no, and he didn't care one hoot, he just kept on holding <laughs> pushing his thing on it and I...
4: <sighs>
0: I had the sister in there with me and, and um, I was looking at her and she's looking at me and I was going...
4: <sighs>
0: I couldn't even scream. You know, I was going... <sighs> Finally got finished. She said, oh, you get a blister and it'll go away. And I said, it hurts. That'll go away too. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, I knew then I am not martyr material. <laughs> no way. No way. And sometimes we need to know, you know, that these dreams we have about dying for Jesus and all that, sometimes they're not realistic, see. So we, we all need to know our limitations. And, but we have to have hope. This woman has a lot of hope. No matter what happens, you and I still have a lot of hope. And then when we find out our, our failings and frailties and the things we're not capable of, as I learned yesterday, we still have to have hope, huh? Maybe I'll die in bed or something. <laughs> the sister's holding candles or something <laughs> like that, you know? Maybe God will be good to me and take me off quick. Whatever it is, whichever it is, you have to have hope.
1: For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.